I'm Monica and welcome back to another MCAT Master interview. In the series, we sit down with MCAT top scorers to learn about the strategies that they found the most helpful on their journey so we can spread those tips out to you guys in our communities. We know the MCAT is a tough exam, so getting advice straight from people who are able to master it is one of the best ways to see what actually works for this monster of an exam. So that's what these interviews are all about. And with that, I'd like to introduce you all to Kartik Goswami. So welcome to the series, Kartik. Hello, thank you. Yeah, of course. And we're so excited to hear from you. So before we get started, we just want to give our listeners a little bit of information about your MCAT journey background. So when Kartik first began his journey with the MCAT, he was a full-time student on a BSMD pathway. So in order to matriculate, he needed to get a 510 on his exam. However, when he first started taking practice tests, he found himself consistently scoring in the mid 480s to mid 490s. Um, and his scores remained in this range even after six months of studying. Eventually, after using some of the MCAT mastery resources, he was able to increase his score to a 507 by his first MCAT test day, but this was still not where he needed it to be. So at this point, the pandemic became a huge obstacle for his testing schedule. So after rescheduling his new test date five times, he finally took it for a second time and scored a 506. Feeling extremely discouraged, and rightfully so, Kartik reached out to MCAT Mastery for one-on-one tutoring. He worked with his tutor for several months, taking the MCAT for a third time, only to score a 508, a score that both he and his tutor were shocked by based on how he'd been doing leading up to that test date. But with that score, Kartik knew he only had one chance left to reach his 510 score goal. He scheduled one final test date, kept in contact with his tutor, and maximized the two to three months before his final test date, and all of it paid off. So just a month ago, Kartik scored a 514 on his fourth MCAT test date, which was four points higher than his score goal. So that's awesome. Overall, Kartik had a frustrating and non-linear MCAT journey, but he never gave up. In just around three months, he was able to increase his score by six points on the MCAT after two and a half years of struggling with the exam, which is an incredible feat. So in this interview, we're just gonna launch into understanding exactly how he did it. So we're gonna learn more about how he studied, how he increased his score, how he kept himself motivated throughout all of this, how he scheduled his prep, what strategies he used for each section too, and so much more. So with all of that, I think we are ready to go ahead and get started. Kartik, why don't you just start by telling our listeners a little bit about yourself? Yes, of course. So hi, everyone. I'm Kartiko Swami, and I'm a third year undergrad at California North State University in the 3 plus 4 BSMD program. I have been trying to take this MCAT exam for over two years now, and I'm trying to achieve the 510 score so I can hopefully matriculate onto the California North State University Medical School. And I usually have been studying most of my times, but on the side, I am been class president of my class for the past three years. I have started a few clubs here at school and I love working out and socializing with my friends here in my free time. So that's a little bit about me and what I've been doing. Yeah, yeah. Outside of the MCAT, it sounds like you're pretty busy as well. So it's always good to have those other outside interests. Yeah, Um, it helps, especially when you're studying, you need some outlet to relieve your stress and get busy with other stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's underestimated sometimes how important that can be. So yeah, we'll definitely get into that. But going back a little bit first. So when you started college and were looking into career paths, what made you want to become a doctor in the first place? 
Yes. So I wanted to become a doctor because my father was a physician himself. So I had experience from him that was handed down and he's been always giving me information about his work and where he goes and stuff like that. So that always intrigued me. But then going into high school, I started looking into becoming a physician through my own interests. And I shadowed some doctors around the town and did some um, research and stuff like that. And I realized that becoming a physician is probably the best career path for me personally, because I see it as a way where I can go out and not only help people reach their best lives, but also the continuous amount of knowledge that's always being researched constantly. And that's always important to me since there's always something new to learn. But at the same time, you're out there helping other people and making their lives better. So this is why I chose to go in the route of becoming a doctor. Yeah, that's really cool. So you have that like family aspect, but then, you know, you discovered on your own as individual as well. So yeah, yeah, that's a great way to keep yourself motivated too, knowing that you want it for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So launching into the MCAT then, when you first started prepping for the MCAT, just starting at the beginning of your Mm -hmm. journey, um, where were you in your life? Like what was going on when you first started? So when I first started, it was August of 2019, and I was a full-time student just moving in from summer semester to fall semester of my school, and I had a full, I think, 16 to 17 units that semester, and I started reading the Kaplan books, and I took notes on most of those Kaplan books. At the same time, I started a Princeton course to get information on the side for them as well. So I was trying to do two things at once on top of everything I was doing at school. So that's how it started out. Yeah, yeah. So did you find yourself kind of starting with those content pieces, like not doing much practice very much at the beginning? Yeah, yeah. At first, I was just reading the books, taking the notes. And then without doing practice, I told myself that I wanted to start taking practice tests just to get in the hang of the eight-hour test. And so I started doing that every weekend for many, many months before I even started any type of practice. And um, that was when I first started. And I believe I scored a 486 on my first practice exam. And looking at that score, I I was like, this is going to be a big challenge. It's going to take a while to get there. So yeah, Yeah. that's how it all started out in that first six months. Right, right. So you started like pretty early on with those practice tests, which is good because then you knew where you were. So you could see like your progress happening. So did you have a set score goal that you were trying to reach? Yes. Um, Around November, December, I was hoping to be around or at least above 500. So that over winter break that I would have in December, I can improve that up to hopefully closer to 510 and get that 510 in January of 2020. But that did not really happen. I was in the 490s for a long time until about mid-December is when I broke the 500 barrier. And then I was stagnating at around 503 for many of the AMC practice exams. And then going off of that, I kept doing research and found the MCAT Mastery Guide. And from that, I learned quite a bit and those improved a few points for me. Right. So in order to matriculate, you had to get a 510, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that was like a concrete goal, but you still, you know, you had your own goals along the way too. Yes. Yes. Makes sense. So in regard to your study schedule itself, kind of we're mentioning like 
you stake practice tests weekly and things like mm-hmm. that. What else was there to your study schedule? For the first test, it was mostly after reading the content and writing it down, I had a big notebook about 100 or so pages of notes. I would be reviewing those every day, a different section of the test. I'd be reviewing those notes that I made. And I didn't really do much practice, which I do not advise. Um, make sure you do mm-hmm. practice problems before your test. Try to get through UWorld because at that time I did not finish UWorld and did not finish all the AMC material that was there. And that was one of the big mistakes I made that first time. But on top of that, I didn't know my OCHEM at the time before my first test. And that was probably the big killer for me on test day because that first test had a lot of OCHEM on there. And I was not prepared at all since I kind of brushed OCHEM to the side and thought, oh, it's not going to be a big part of MCAT. It's only going to be the basics, nothing more. And so that was something that I made a big mistake on. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes those content pieces can come back to bite you when you don't expect it. So that was your first brush with the exam. So what changed about your study schedule as you went on to take it the next times? Yeah, yeah. So for my second time, I realized OCHEM was my most weakest point. So I reread all the Kaplan OCHEM stuff and I learned quite a bit of the OCHEM and prepared for my test. But obviously as COVID happened, tests got delayed by many months. So I had to readjust all my schedule many times and change the UWorld schedule I had, the AMC content schedule and the test taking schedules I had. And it tried and it sort of helped me. My chem did improve by three points on my second test day, but my bio and psych scores dropped by a lot. So that was not good. And then by the third time, I changed it up and I added in Anki cards because I thought learning that content through Anki might help build me up better for the MCAT coming off my third attempt. And not only this, after my second attempt, I stopped taking notes after the cars section because through my tutor from MCAT Mastery, he taught me that taking notes might be more distracting and it's probably better to just highlight the important points within the passage So that's what I started doing. And I saw a big improvement in cars since then. And uh, since then, I've raised about two points on my official MCAT practice test. I saw big improvements in my car section doing that method of studying. And Mm -hmm. probably the biggest change I made overall was when I was taking this fourth time, I reduced my study time in overall. And I know that's probably against what most people think. But the thing is, I prefer quality over quantity. And the quality of my study time, our study time was not that good when I used to study a full day, almost a full day with minimal breaks. So this last time I took the half a day off and only studied for half a day. But those seven hours that I studied for, it was very quality. And I made sure that I was in the zone when I was doing practice questions and I wasn't zoning out. And this really helped me, I feel like with more practice and learning how to deal with certain types of questions. And hopefully it made me more prepared for testing. And I think it showed that quality is more important than the quantity of hours. Yeah, yeah. I think that's definitely a thing that gets overlooked a lot is people will be like, I need to study Mm -hmm. seven hours a day. But how much of that time are you actually studying? Like, you're probably on your phone for like an hour trying Mm -hmm. to avoid it. So you know, the fact that you were able to sit down and like focus for 
more limited hours is yeah yeah i I think everyone should just um they should focus on the quality of how much they're studying for so if it's even if it's a few hours a day just make the most of them because the quality is i I think it's the most important thing and prepping for the mcat yeah yeah definitely i think that's great advice so you've already mentioned a lot of the resources that you use which resources did you find the most helpful during your prep and what would you recommend students use Sure. Yeah, I would recommend UWorld besides the AMC material. I would say UWorld is probably the second best thing anyone could use because they have over thousands of questions and they cover every type of content type and they cover it in very good detail too. So if you get it wrong or right, at least you know why you're getting it right or wrong and if you're on the right track. Besides that, AMC material is a must for everyone taking the MCAT because they are the creators of the MCAT and those questions are going to be very similar to what you see on the test day. Definitely. Um, That makes a lot of sense. So quick follow-up question here. Since you were taking so many practice exams, Mm -hmm. did you ever run out of AMC content or how did you space those out if you didn't? That's a very good question. So I did most of my AMC material on my first test. So I barely had much left to study. Mm-hmm. And most of the UWorld was done as well. So my second time, I finished up the remaining that I had for both AMC and the UWorld I had. And then I redid all of it for a total of, I think, four or five times each by the time I finished taking my fourth MCAT. Now, repeating it is kind of tricky because you will remember some of the questions. But when you're doing those questions, try to forget the answer just off of reading the question, try to reason why you're trying to pick that answer. So you're reinforcing the logic behind the question and the answer to it, instead of just having those answers memorized. It was really tricky because I repeated a lot of stuff and I ran out of a lot of practice tests as well. So I redid a lot of practice tests about two or three times, especially the ANC ones I did up to four times each. But at that point, I was just trying to understand the logic behind the test and not worry about the scores because I already knew they were going to be biased since I already did them before. So again, it just comes to understanding the logic behind it and the quality of how you're studying it. Thanks for expanding on that because I feel like, you know, this happens to a lot of students Mm -hmm. and they don't know, should I keep using these resources or not? So I think the whole thing about forgetting and at least trying to forget is good. Yeah. I was trying to look up online on Reddit and other forums. There isn't much information out there on repeating tests and repeating material. I feel like most people would be against that online, but me personally doing it, and I think it does work if you do it in the right way and you don't really focus on the scores and you just focus on understanding the question you have in front of you and why the right answer is right. Definitely. And that's what practice is supposed to be about anyway. Like you're supposed to be reviewing it effectively and working through the logic. That's what it's all about. So yeah, you can always improve and keep using it. So that's good to know. So talking about your entire MCAT journey as a whole again, what do you think were your biggest challenges and struggles that were holding you back? I mean, how did you overcome them? Yes, yes. So the biggest challenges at first was chem and cars for me after the first test. They were very low. And chem, I was easily able to fix because I knew my problem was I didn't know O-chem really. So I learned that and then got that back up 
and brought the score up. But cars was a problem that it took me a lot of time to fix. And to fix that, probably what I did personally was that I just kept doing cars practice problems every day, uh, at least two or three passages a day to make sure that I got it down. And it took me over a year and a half to see improvements, but I did see improvements from that end. But other than the sections wise, the other challenges I had were the school load I was dealing with because I had a full load every semester and I still do up to this day and the extracurriculars I was doing. So fitting in that study time for MCAT was kind of hard for me, but uh, some, some days I would fit it in during my class time. If we were on Zoom and we weren't doing anything, I would be studying MCAT on the side and trying to save some time and make sure that I could get my MCAT studying for the day. That's a really hard thing that a lot of people like have to deal with is being a full-time student while studying. Mm -hmm. So on that note, because you were doing work for your other classes as well, Mm -hmm. I'm assuming, how did you keep yourself motivated to keep doing MCAT stuff during that time? Yeah, so motivation for me has always been um, that I really just wanted to go to the CNU medical school that we had here because I signed up coming to the school in the thoughts that I would be going here for a few years in the undergrad school and moving on to the medical school. And I have a lot of friends that are older than me and my age that have gone on forward to that school. And I just didn't want to be left behind in a way, you know? Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to be with them, made good connections with them as friends and wanted to continue my medical journey on with them. So that was probably my main motivation, just being with people I love and at the same time, knowing that this is what I signed up for coming out of high school right away. And this is what I want to complete. So that was my main motivation. But I do have to say I did lose motivation after my third attempt, after scoring that 508, because I thought I would be scoring around 510, 512, but that did not happen. So I applied to other schools and got accepted to other schools as well. But those other schools, when I went to go visit them, it just wasn't right for me personally. I I really wanted to stay here at my personal school that I attend right now. So I used that motivation to help me study this last time and it paid off. Right, right. I feel like those are really personal motivations and Mm -hmm. those are always good because they're really important to you. So yeah, yeah, like friends and your future, those are really motivating factors. So I can see that that would be motivating for you. So before your third attempt, you got a tutor with MCAT Mastery. So Mm -hmm. would you mind just expanding more on that experience? So how was your tutor and what do you think you learned from him that helped the most? Sure. Um, That tutoring experience was amazing. I really had a great tutor. And I have to say that MCAT Mastery pricing for tutors was much better than any other company out there. And I don't regret it at all. He helped me with every section, essentially. He gave me tips and tricks on everything. And anytime I had questions on, I don't understand this, or there's a specific question that makes no sense to me. Even if we weren't meeting on Zoom, I could just text them or send him an email and he would tell me exactly what to do and how to figure out the problem. But his most important thing that he taught me was cars. He showed me his thought process for how he did cars since he he scored really well in the cars section. And using the thought process of reading the paragraph, but highlighting as you go 
on main ideas and things that are happening within the passage was really important to me on how he did it. And I emulated that and it helped me personally a lot of how to do it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Sometimes it's those small little strategies that you don't think of that make a huge difference. So yeah, that's awesome. And I think it's really admirable of you as well. Even though you, after you had that tutoring experience, your mm-hmm. score was still a 508, but you still got things out of that tutoring experience. Yes. Didn't yes. think of only the tangible results. Like I feel like you, you know, that car strategy. Yeah. That, still use that. So that's yeah, sweet. Yeah. And my tutor, even though we weren't meeting formally, I would text him every once in a while if I needed something and he still helped me out. So I made a great friend out of that and a great <laughs> tutor out of that as well. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's like a support system thing too. Yeah, I'm yeah. just having somebody to talk to about the experience. So kind of a follow up there as well, because I haven't interviewed a lot of people who have like this tutoring experience. In regard to tutoring, how would you advise people who might be getting tutoring or want tutoring mm-hmm. to make the most of going about it? So I would say that um, when you're meeting with your tutor, to like go in with questions in mind so you don't waste that valuable time that you have with them when you're meeting with them. Ask them basically all the questions and problems you have and see their thought process on it and try to emulate that and keep practicing the stuff they have said. So for example, I kept a section in my notebook for exactly what my tutor told me. And I went over those many times. So that information was stuck in my head. And that's what I kept doing whenever I met with him. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Thanks for expanding on that as well. I feel like sometimes students are kind of apprehensive about tutoring. So I always try to like ask about that to see, you know, what helps you the most. So let's talk about this final attempt, Mm -hmm. this last time that you took the exam. If a student wanted to increase their score like you did, because you Mm -hmm. were able to overcome this like plateau that you had been on for so long, what advice would you have for them? What methods helped you the most? I would go back and tell them, like I said before, try to look at your study schedule and try to really evaluate, are you studying for a good amount of quality time or is it just a long period of time where you're not really focusing on the material? And Try to evaluate where your problems are as well, analyzing where your mistakes are and trying to understand why you're making those mistakes. That's probably the biggest thing that Mm -hmm. I realized from this fourth attempt and where I was making my mistakes and where I can improve. For example, I realized this fourth attempt that whenever I was doing cars, either for practice or in a practice test, my mind would start wandering off and To fix this, I realized that I need to start slowly with a few passages a day, uh, just straight focus. So I started doing three passages a day, but made sure that I did them at complete focus. And as an extra, I did it at the same time that I would probably be doing it on my real exam. So for example, if I had an exam that on an exam day that started at 7.30, I expected to be on the car section around nine o'clock. So at nine o'clock every morning, that I was free, I would get up, um, do three cars passages and make sure that I was in complete focus for those three passages. And then moving on every about four or five days, I would do a complete nine passage sections. So I could build up that focus and get ready. It's like a marathon, getting ready for um, the whole car section, staying focused (laughs) for that long. So 
that's something I would say. Yeah, that endurance piece is so important and like familiarizing yourself with that. So yeah, never underestimate that. Um, Moving on to the actual scores that you went on to get on each section. So your high score was a 132 in psych soch. That's awesome. How did you study for that section? I know you mentioned Anki a little bit, but what else did you do for that section? Yes. So I started making handmade flashcards for the psych section since January of 2020. So almost a year, I had been adding terms that I didn't know from any company, any website uh, that had psych um, terms that I did not know. So I just wrote those down on index cards and I studied them every about three days. I had over 200 plus handmade index cards <laughs> that I studied and those took about an hour to go through, but it really solidified my psych terms. And on top of that, the, um, doing your world practice, those psych questions were really good on your world. Those really reinforce the terms in specific situations. And on top of that, I also did Anki cards of, of things that I missed. So in terms of if even a practice test, there was a specific question about psych and I didn't understand that term in that setting, I would make an Anki card out of that and review those Anki cards. So in there, you could do either Anki or handmade index cards, but I chose to do both. And I don't think it would make a difference between Anki or index cards, but just making those cards and reviewing those is probably the most important thing you can do. And go over the 300-page doc and the 80-page doc multiple times because those have all the terms and things you would need to know for psych. Yeah, that's all great advice. And I feel like that's a really good integration of content and practice. Like you had both Mm -hmm. those pieces there. So that's always good as well. Um, your next high score was in bio bio. So how did you study for that section and what advice would you have for students that might be struggling? Sure. Yeah. Bio bio is very hard. It's a very tricky section for me that what worked was reading the paragraphs and highlighting the pathways of what they were talking about and trying to understand what the passage is trying to get at. And then after that, I would look at the graphs and chart at the bottom of the paragraph. I know some forums online say that those are just extras, but in my opinion, those graphs and charts help reinforce what was just stated above. So if you don't really understand what was stated in the words, at least you can get somewhat of an idea from those graphs. And then once you have at least a basic idea of what's happening, those questions are not that bad. They still are tricky, but at least you can try and find what the main idea of biobiochem was in that passage. It's sort of like cars, but at the same time using knowledge of your biology skills that you have learned. Right. I feel like the passages can be really dense. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm glad I see the comparison that you're making to cars. Um, that makes sense. <laughs> so yeah, those are those are great tips. So looks like your cars and chem and phys sections were tied for next. Um, so mm-hmm. let's start with cars on that note, I guess. So a lot of students struggle with this section. What did you do to study for it? I know we kind of have talked about this a little bit, but if you don't understand anymore. Yeah, for cars, like I said, just keep practicing every day because I think practice is the only way you can get better on cars since there's no real material to study. Mm -hmm. And when you're practicing, make sure you're actually completely focused on what's at hand and not thinking about other things. Because if you're not focused, you're not going to understand what the car's passage is talking about. 
and then it's a trickle down effect where you're going to get the questions wrong then. So I would say try practicing every single day, at least two to three passages a day, but make sure that that time that you allot for cars is only for cars and nothing else. Right. Yeah. Got to get in that mindset and get Mm -hmm. used to it. Makes a lot of sense. So lastly, we have the chem phys section. How did you study here? A lot of students struggle on this section as well. So what advice would you have for this section? Sure. So based on my failures, I would say, make sure you know OCHEM. (laughs) That would help a lot. And then on top of that, I would say what I did was I made a formula cards on index cards about five of them where I wrote down formulas for all the physics equations and the chem equations that we would have. And I memorized those every day or I went through them every day for almost a year. So it's been ingrained into my mind where I could just go before the test day. And when you press the, um, uh, I forgot what it's called, but the um, section before you actually start the test where you have about 10 minutes, you can write down all the formulas. And that really helped a lot with the chem section because then if you forgot something on the fly, you can go back to your whiteboard and see, oh, this is the formula I need for this equation right now. And this is what I need to do. So I would say knowing formulas, knowing OCHEM, and what I started doing was 20 practice problems a day of chemistry, physics, and OCHEM. So that would help me... um, get sort of in the right mindset for certain types of problems and how to approach certain problems when they came up. Yeah, I feel like formulas are especially important for this section. So yeah, yeah, definitely want to know those that can get you points. So moving on to your MCAT test day. So we can talk about the different test dates or maybe like, let's just talk about how if there were any differences between the yeah, exam yeah. days that you experienced. So, you know, did you feel different on this okay. past one in comparison to the ones that you took before then? So for my second exam, that was probably the worst one for me because I had to take the exam in Las Vegas, Nevada, and I am from mm-hmm. or Reno, Nevada, and I'm from California. And that was the only wow. test center open. So I had to have a three hour drive the day before, sleep in a hotel and then wake up early and go to a test center. And that's something I don't recommend for anyone unless you really have to, because I would say you should prepare for the MCAT probably at least a month before taking it in terms of sleeping the same time, waking up the same time, and um, trying out what type of food you wanna eat right before going to the test center. Because I feel like if you have everything perfected, you can just rinse and repeat and perform your best on test day. And that did not happen at the Reno Center I went to because I was in a hotel and I couldn't really make my breakfast like I normally do since it was a hotel room. So it wasn't the best of things for me. Yeah, yeah, no, that definitely feels like it's would cause anxiety um, for anybody. So you don't want that on your test day. So this past time, so for your last Mm -hmm. exam day, how did you feel going in? I felt confident and I did not really care about what score I was getting I just wanted to go in there and show basically the test set my best and so I woke up at my normal time about 5 30 and had my breakfast got ready and got there but getting there I also have like a specific playlist I like to play mm-hmm. and that gets me in the zone for getting ready to take a test or a whole day of test taking and 
I think this last time I really perfected how I would go there and what I would do leading up to test time. So that's exactly what I did and no hiccups happened and luckily it all worked out. That's awesome. You had that playlist, you were like ready to go. Mm -hmm. That's great. I love that. So after you walked out of the exam, how was it while you were waiting to get your score back? So right after walking on the exam, that was might have been the worst exam of the four I have taken. And I still agree with that right now. It was very complicated. The chem section was out of this world. It was very different. Cars was probably the only normal section in the whole test. And that's something I would not expect myself to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the bio, bio was very tricky. And psych was a little different, but still not too bad. But then again, this test, I feel like is meant to scare people. It's like a mental game in a way. Mm-hmm. So you just have to keep pushing through and just say to yourself, I just got to do my best and the rest is up to fate. And that's what I kept doing this whole time. And then yeah. during the waiting period, um, I didn't really think of the exam because school started up again. And I went back to running the club and going back to my student government positions. And I took on some extra classes outside of my school here. So I was really busy leading up to score release. And I was really busy leading up to the five minutes before the score came out because I was trying to finish up some class assignments right before the score came out. So I wasn't even thinking about it till those last five minutes. (laughs) (laughs) That's, I feel like that's almost better. Yeah, it it was good. Obsessing. Um, So when you got it back, like, how did that feel? Um, I was really shocked because I've been through failures three times now before the MCAT. So I called my parents right away and told them and they were excited, but I still couldn't believe in myself and then Mm -hmm. told my friends here and then everyone started calling in saying congrats, but it still never really hit me until a few days after because when you're working for something for so long and it actually happens, it's like, well, am I in a dream or is this real? (laughs) (laughs) But that was a very interesting day because I had a lot of things planned out and regardless of what score I got, I was going to be very busy that day. It turned out to be a really fun day, but at the same time, a day that probably won't be repeated for a while because I don't think I will be in that mood again of, wow, I just completed something that took a lot of effort, a year and a half of studying. So yeah, it was very different. Right. Like you finally saw the results of all your hard work, the culmination of everything. So that's definitely a powerful moment. So congratulations again on all of that. Thank you. So now looking forward to future plans, are you applying to med school this cycle or like matriculating? What's happening now? Yeah. So I applied for this cycle. So I will be attending some medical school in the fall. Right Mm -hmm. now, I'm not certain on which one because I applied to DO schools with my previous scores. And then the score I got now would be applicable for the MD school here at California North State. So I'm waiting on an interview, which hopefully will be coming out soon. And then after that, if an acceptance letter will be coming from there. So hoping to go here after um, Mm -hmm. achieving the threshold score. Yeah, yeah. You finally, you achieved that 510. So you you should be in the range. Good luck with that. Best of luck from us at MCAT Mastery. So I guess that's all the questions that we had for you. So 
just to end, do you have any final thoughts for someone who might be listening to this and struggling with their exam and not knowing what to do next? Yeah, yeah, sure. I would say don't give up regardless of what situation you're in. Most people don't take the MCAT about four times, but I kept going and you guys can too. If you really want to achieve a score and have a score in mind, just keep pushing until until basically you get the score and hopefully everything works out. Just keep going. Yeah, don't give up. You can do it. You yeah. know, you are the perfect example of that. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Well, thanks so much for sitting down with us, Kartik. Yeah, really thank you, John. Your time. And like I said, good luck with everything going forward. Fingers crossed. And to all of our listeners who are listening to this, good luck with your exams, you guys. Keep studying. And like Kartik said, like, do not give up. You guys got this. Hey everyone, this is Monica again, and before you go, I just want to remind you that if you're not receiving our daily free MCAT strategy and success story emails yet, definitely be sure to sign up for those at mcatmastery.net slash free course. In addition to that, if you feel like you might need personalized help with the exam and would like to have an MCAT mentor kind of look at your situation and help you identify exactly what's holding your score back, you can look into that too at mcatmastery.net slash mcatmentors. And lastly, and most importantly, we just want you guys to know that you have what it takes to succeed on this exam. We know the MCAT is intimidating, and when you get a score that's lower than you expected on a practice or on the real thing, it's so easy to feel discouraged or frustrated or even hopeless about the exam. We get it. A lot of us have been there. So we want to give you the guidance that we wish we'd had when we were in your shoes. And that's what these interviews are for. That's what our emails are for. We want you guys to be able to feel confident again. And most importantly, be able to see that med school admission is possible. And it's not out of your reach at all. So thanks again for listening. And remember that every top scorer, every med student, and every doctor made it through this journey. So you can do it too. You guys got this.